Warp Tour tickets around 8.30. But like I said, your first uh, opportunity at $1,000 will be at 6.10. Coming off of a long holiday weekend, we took uh, yesterday off. We had a few more vacation days we had to fit in before we're not allowed to take them anymore. So I uh, took one of them yesterday. Felt pretty good. Took the day off. Wanted to play golf. But no, no. I live in Ohio. No. And I got three feet of snow. Like, dude, Sunday we played. It was beautiful. It said it was going to be freezing cold. We went anyway, and it was beautiful outside. Then my weather report on my phone says, ah, tomorrow, Monday, going to be great. Going to be 50. Going to be sunny. You're going to be fine. So I make plans with my buddy Brad and my buddy Dustin to go play. Sure enough, we wake up in the morning. Snow everywhere. I was so annoyed yesterday. Like, don't get me wrong. I get out of work early every day. So taking a day off really doesn't matter. By 9 o'clock in the morning, taking a day off feels like, okay, I might as well have went to work today. So by 9 a.m., it's like no different. But there was just, I was just sitting there like, well, what am I going to do all day now? The uh, the day off for us is the day before. That's right. what it always is to yes. me is like the fact that I don't have to start worrying about things Sunday. I can put it off for another day. So that's always kind of from my perspective that Sunday night is like oh, the, the oh, yeah, yeah, that's the day off. Yes. Like That um, is the day off. Um, There's nothing worse. Like Honestly, every Sunday I wake up 7 o'clock normally. I wake up and I'm like, okay, well, my weekend's over. Like Sunday morning at 7 a.m., my weekend's over. So it uh it, it was it was definitely a punch in the face to see it yesterday. It sucked, dude. There's no question about it. Hated like, it. and it wasn't just snow either. You know what I'm saying? No, it, it wasn't was just lot. like yeah, there's a little bit of snow out on the car and like go deal with it. Like, you know, a significant amount of snow there. So that did suck. That sucked. That I don't know. Suck. Uh, I don't know when things are supposed to break officially. I don't think for another ten days plus. I don't think until the middle of April are things supposed to get like nice. I mean, we're talking like mid forties and rain and snow and wintery mix for the next almost two weeks there. So that sucks, man. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. I am not a fan. Yeah. Uh, obviously, as a golfer, I want to get back out on yeah. the golf course. I do have a couple of suggestions for you. I uh, I get listed as a hater all the time. Oh my god, you just hate everything. Even though I don't, I just don't like you know Marvel TV shows. I, I it's not like I hate everything. I just I don't care about Jessica Jones. I don't. I don't care about that, right? And but I did watch a couple of things on Netflix over the weekend that were fantastic. Okay. And again, if you're a docu series person, you'll like some of this stuff. Um, but I finished Rotten on Netflix, which is all about the food. Yeah, dude, watch Rotten. Like, watch that show. I watched the first episode of it, and I liked it. So yeah, I should probably get back into that. It is really good. If you watch Rotten, here's what I'll tell you: We're all marching out in the street all over all the wrong issues. I got to keep my kids safe. Repeal my second amendment so I can keep my kids safe. Shut up and eat these French fries. Like that's, I mean, dude, when you watch that series, you'll realize the stuff that we're all up in arms about is ridiculous. And what we should be angry about is that we're being completely screwed and snowed over the food that's going in our mouths. And you're worried about big companies involvement in the second amendment, bro. Where do you find out what they're doing to milk? Wait, where do you find that out? Like, dude, the eye-opening stuff that came in there. Now, granted, it's a documentary series, meaning somebody's got an agenda. And so they're selling you that agenda, and probably both sides are not represented as well as they should be. But it was still an eye-opening experience. Another one I watched that was great and only four episodes long, and I couldn't turn it off. I, turned, I was like, ah, I'll watch one of these. Because I wasn't sure quite how long it was. Before I knew it, it was four hours in, watched all four, was done. Which is Donald Trump and American Dream on Netflix. Now, he's the most polarizing person in the world. Okay? Again, they, they present both sides to you 
but they obviously have an agenda. But I didn't sit there and feel like, oh my God, I get it. You hate this guy, so you're just jumping up and down on him. Like, it didn't feel that way. They gave you enough of, like, here's some great things about the guy. And then they gave you enough of, well, this part's probably not great. They gave you enough of it. But there were so many things in that series that I had forgotten about. Like, just forgotten about. But the one thing that they did, and again, we're talking about Donald Trump, an American story, I think is what it's called. It's on Netflix. Is they interviewed the guy, Fantone, that introduced Donald Trump to Twitter. Like, which is like, that's his whole thing, is being on Twitter. So they interviewed the guy who introduced him to Twitter. He was like, I'm the guy that convinced him Twitter was going to be a big thing and could be a big thing for him. So then they talked to like his first like set of issues directors and like the first guy that who dragooned him to run. And we find out that what convinced him to run this last time is so many people hit him up on Twitter and said, dude, we need somebody to run the country like a business. You're the man. Do it. That that's what convinced him to do it. They actually show you the other four times in history where he like flirted with the idea to run, and you see him over and over and over again with the quote, if I feel like I can win, I'm going to run. And then what's he do? Not run. Until this last time, felt like he could win, and he ran. So they're then they're talking to like the, his like first you know portion of inner circle, which obviously no longer work for the president. And the guy was like, "Dude, we created." First of all, they went and saw like Jesse the Body Ventura's like campaign manager. And he flew to Minnesota and said, "Dude, how'd you do this? How'd you win? Like, give me the game plan." And Jesse the Body Ventura's campaign manager tells him, "Nobody remembers what you say, Donald. They remember how you say it." So it doesn't matter what you say. Just say stuff. It's how you say it. Get in their face. And so like that's where that whole thing came from. And then the, his issues director from the, the start of the campaign said, we just would tweet things out and whatever got the most retweets, that's what we would focus on. Their theory was if everybody's retweeting it, this is what the country cares about. This is what we're going to talk about. And it was just very, yeah, it's probably not the best system. That's a good system. Dude, that's a good system for like Saturday Night Live. Like yeah. everybody in the yeah, world's yeah, talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. this. So like do a skit about it. Fine for the Sansbury show. Yes. Yeah. Like, ah, dude, look at all these shares. Look at all this. What are we going to just ignore this? Well, yeah, I wouldn't say that's necessarily the it's best. It's probably for not the, the best for that. But again, it is not a documentary solely based on just jumping up and down on the president. It's just showing you who the guy was. I mean, they talked to everybody. They talked to his mom. I mean, dude, they talked to everybody. I um I kind of remember him and Ventura and the campaign manager. I can remember Ventura, I think, was pissed about it or something like that. that but I, I, right. I, I kind of sort of remember that. Um, and there's a real point there of like how you make people feel when you say things is extremely important. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it just yes. like, I mean, it's people who talk to a microphone for a living. Like, there's. A million times I look back and I'm like, oh my god, what did I mispronounce there? Oh my right. god, I wasn't, I didn't have my facts straight there. Oh my god, what was I talking about? But people don't necessarily care that much. They just care about how you made them feel when you said it. That, that, there is and, truth and to like, that. I think there's people that love me up because of that, and I think there's people that hate me because of that. And I'm sure anybody in, in, a, in a similar situation feels the same. It was just, it was very interesting, dude. They went into all three of his marriages. They get into the, you know, the, obviously the Marla Maples thing. He ends up marrying her. That whole thing. And we find out, dude, that part of the reason why he married Marla Maples is because his dad guilted him into it. His dad was basically like, look, dude, she's had a kid now. 
Like you can't just you you can't shun her anymore. You got to marry her. And so like that whole thing happened. It was very very interesting. They also there was a, a certain section where they were looking to be a little bit mean. Where I didn't know this, but apparently he there was a helicopter accident that went down. Like four people in his company had died. This is I think mid nineties. And he was all over Matt Lauer's show because of it, and he was all being interviewed by everybody and all that. And I would have never thought about it. But they kept asking him, and he kept doing it. He kept talking about how he was supposed to have been on the helicopter. And so people were like, you know, that's a little cold. It's a little, you know, people died, and we're making this about him on the TV shows. And I couldn't decide, is well, is that a problem with Donald Trump, or is that a problem with Matt Lauer? who's conducting the interview, who's asking him, weren't you supposed to be on... I mean, dude, if they're asking you, weren't you supposed to be on this helicopter? I mean, Donald's the story. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm not sure it's Donald Trump's fault because he was saying, yeah, I was supposed to be on that helicopter. I think it's this is what the the the, the media person knows is what the ratings come from. Is nobody cares about that dude who worked for Trump Industries or whatever. You care about the Donald. You care about the Donald himself. And so they kept asking him the question, and yet all these analysts were like, see, you can see it right here. He's such a, you know, he's a narcissist. He only thinks about himself. And it's like, well, he's answering a question, though. So, like, I don't know if answering a question is necessarily means you're a narcissist. It's not like the interview's going great. They're asking about the family, the survivors, all this stuff. And out of, out of nowhere, Donald just goes, you know, I was supposed to be on there, too. That's not what happened. And so there, there was a little bit of that where I was like, all right, well, again, that part's probably not great. And again, somebody's got a, an agenda, what they're selling you. But those two things, Rotten on Netflix and Donald Trump, an American, I th- think it's either story or journey. I'm sorry. I don't uh, actually remember the exact title there, but you'll be able to find it. It's in the docuseries section of your Netflix, or at least that's where it was in mine. I know everybody's Netflix algorithms are different. Again, 8.30, we'll pass out those Warped Tour tickets coming up at 9 o'clock. We'll do New Tour Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park there. You're getting new hood, uh, new hood celebrity. Neither one of us know who that is. No, new no Rodney idea. Adkins, and you're getting new Seven Dust, but you're getting hooked up with $1,000 first on Rock 106.9. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's LUCK to 200-200. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show. We're on Rock 1069. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. We'll do that coming up at 8 o'clock. We normally do it Mondays at 8. We were out yesterday. He has agreed to change his schedule and do it with us this morning. Buddy, I am uh, I'm on the edge of my seat. Paid for the whole thing! Oh, here Only it is. need the edge! <laughs> how was the uh how was the big MMA fight over the weekend? Uh absolutely. Incredible, dude. Um, uh, Operation Shockwave. It was the third undertaking, the third undertaking of Honor Fighting Championship um, up at the Chaparral's Event Center. I've never been to the Chaparral's before. Oh, really? I've been there. But, dude, it was crazy packed. Crazy packed. And when I say a thousand people, I'm probably under. I'm probably giving it, I'm probably being conservative with that number right there. I told Jeremy on Friday, I was like, dude, this is being under delivered. 
to people on a local level. So we, uh, you know, me and the girlfriend, we uh, we go up MMA, there. I mean. Yeah, we we go up there, and you know, we're in the Ring of Honor, and I'm like, you know, babe, I don't exactly know what the Ring of Honor is all about. Essentially, the Ring of Honor is the Blood Zone, dude. And when I say yeah. the Blood Zone, dude, there was this female fight, and dude, these chicks were just brutal on each you, other, dude, you, just brutal on each other, blood you, everywhere. Do you happen to know? What was the weight class of the chicks? Adam Waite, so 105. These oh, chicks wow. were super small. Jessica Evil Eye was there that night. Oh, no. Yeah, she, she, no, was, no, in, no, she no. was in attendance I there. Swore. Don't do that. <laughs> she, she, she was in I attendance I kept saying there. no. Like, like if I say <laughs> no four times in a row, all of a sudden, the S word is allowed. Um, a ton, and I mean a ton of Stansberry Show listeners, dude. I can't tell you yeah. how many people came up and said what's up. Um, and, it, dude, it was. The, the, the super heavyweight fight was incredible. Um, I mean, it was, there was just... Just, there were just so many great highlights uh, and just wanted to let everybody know their next event happening at the Summit Fairgrounds that is going down April 28th. Uh, so you've got MMA that night. It's called, called Reaching the Summit. So you've got Honor Fighting Championship MMA. I like it. You do like it right there. Uh, also, the Buck Naked Band will be there. Uh, pro Wrestling from Ohio Championship Wrestling, Midget Championship Wrestling. So one ticket will get you into all of that. Every time, all that, of that. Every time that guy said Midget on Friday, I was like, are, are we about to be sued? Are we about they, to be sued? That's what the name of the federation I is. I know. MCW. I know. But every time I hear it, it makes me cringe. So April 28th, um, if you want tickets, and honestly, dude, that's a hell of a lineup right there. That <laughs> yeah, really is. is. Buck Naked, OCW, and Honor Fighting. Uh, if you want tickets, HonorFightingChampionship.com, and we will be giving them away as we get closer to the event. The Buck Naked Band, buddy. You might do you do you remember this? This is one of the first things you and I did together as a show was introduce Buck Naked. Where were we? It was what Rockin' on the River yeah. when they did that in Cuyahoga Falls, yep, right? Yep, 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 yep. It was like the second event we ever we ever did. If if you're into the, like the country music thing, Buck Naked's really good, dude. Even if you're not into the country They're music good thing, at what they I'm do. not into the country music thing. But I'd be a liar to say that it's not a fun time. They dude. got a shotgun microphone, microphone stand, stand man. Everybody's drinking beers. Everyone does shots. Isn't there like a shot yeah. thing that they do There's in the middle of it? So, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited. April 28th, like I said, tickets at HonorFightingChampionship.com. I uh, I was talking to those guys, dude. They I I kind of want to. Uh, they're talking to me about maybe you know interviewing some fighters when they're done, like yeah. right or as soon as the fights are done. Yeah. Maybe doing some uh, ring announcing stuff, like yeah. uh, like the Joe Rogan of the local MMA scene. I was like, dude, I'm in the 28th, dude. Let's uh let's let's whatever you got going on, clear the schedule, buddy. I we're like making it. we're making plans. We're doing things on the 28th. April's gonna be a big month. At, as yeah. a matter of fact, I um let me pull this up. I want to make sure I have it right. But I got asked to uh, celebrity bartend at Tazi's of Magnolia. Mm -hmm. This will be April 17th. They asked me to pick a charity, so I chose Save 22. Awesome. And our good buddy Albert Wooden. Awesome. Um, Save 22, for those of you that don't know, is an organization um, that deals with the fact that 22 soldiers a day commit suicide, and they're looking to reduce that number by dramatic portions. And Albert Wooden and his group Save 22 here locally in the area. And so when they, the, you know, Tazis was like, well, you need a charity to be tied to it. I was like, ah, I got the perfect ah. one. I know exactly what to do. <laughs> I'm like, Stansbury was just going to put all that money in his pocket. Hey, celebrity guest bartender, give me that money. <laughs> I'll be like Homer Simpson, Albert. One for you, two for me. One for you, two for me. No, I uh, obviously, you know, no, all those proceeds will go to uh, Save 22, which I think awesome. is a great organization. Again, Tazis. Of Magnolia. This is the 17th from 530 to 7.30. So I read something this morning that I'm not sure 
it, it's not that it's not okay. It's just this seems excessive, I guess is the right word. And it, this is, um, and I didn't read all of it. And I guess every different team has got like a different variation. But I read some of the rule books for NFL cheerleaders. Obviously, you know, the draft right around the corner, and then the season's coming not far behind that. Right. And so we'll look at the Carolina Panthers first. Okay. This from the New York Times. Cheerleaders for the Panthers, Fantone, they're known as Top Cats. You must arrive at the stadium on game day five hours before kickoff. What would be the purpose of having a dance squad? I mean, dude, you practiced all week, right? Yeah, I mean, you practice, but I'm going to assume there's definitely like a, a run through, warm ups, walkthroughs, run throughs. You know what I'm saying? Like a dress rehearsal. Enough, enough makeup time because you're getting your makeup and hair done professionally well, there. They do have to remove their body piercings and they have to have their tattoos covered up. Now, again, that could take some time. And I think a part of it is, too, is that like if you want to get out on the field, you have to get out there early because the players are going to be out there at noon. You know, if the game starts at one, like the ah. players are going to be out there probably starting in a, at 11 and they obviously get like precedent there. So if, if, if the band or the cheerleaders or whoever wants to do a walkthrough, you've got to get there early. Okay. That I didn't think of. That is a good, that's a good reason for that to be the case. Now, Baltimore Ravens cheerleaders were subject to regular weigh-ins and are expected to maintain ideal body weight. Now, again, this is going to make a lot of people go, <gasps> but I'm going to go. Yeah. Yeah. They're okay, guys. They are adult cheerleaders. Literally, they do nothing, nothing, no outcome of the game, nothing. They are there to be eye candy. And yeah. what is eye candy? Thin and attractive, right? That's yeah. what eye candy yeah, to, yeah, to yeah, most yeah. eyeballs. That's what eye candy is. And, and at the end of the day, I mean, if this if this rule is already allowed at Hooters, how can I not say it's allowed in the NFL? Vegas you know what casinos I mean? do this. They yeah. hi- they hire people as you're hired as a model. Now you can have if you want to put your moral foot down and say like, well, that shouldn't be the case, then fine. But I don't think this is you're getting into a legal conversation there. I think that's you know that's okay. Some cheerleaders pay hundreds of dollars for their uniforms, and yet they're paid a little bit more than minimum wage. I don't know if that's still true. I know once upon a time, my buddy's sister was a Cavs girl. She did not make a ton of money. They don't make a lot of money. I do know that. I, is, is that cheerleaders do not make a lot of money. Cheerleaders must sell raffle This is our NFL cheerleaders, by the way. They must sell raffle tickets and calendars and appear at charity events and golf tournaments. And I think that's how they'll make more money is that like, yo, you can work this golf event and we'll give you, you know, X amount. But yet they receive none of the proceeds. Really? None. That's a little. I mean, dude, you and I do personal appearances for the radio station. Most times, not all, but most times we are paid a fee for that. It is above and beyond what our job is. So. Our job's not much harder than an NFL cheerleader. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, and if these and uh, that that I would see a problem with. I mean, if they're not getting paid for the time that they're working, that's an issue. Um, I, I wonder if they say proceeds. Like, well, yeah, you're not gonna. But I, I'm, I'm surprised because from what I I knew, that's how they made their money. That's how they made it worth it for them. I would imagine that they are paid per game, right? 
that it's as not opposed a, to hours hourly or uh, even I don't a know. salary. I, I don't bet, know. My guess is they're paid per game, and I wonder if they get a game fee for going. But think about how many. It doesn't. The procedure, right? That seems like they would get a piece of whatever the ticket was, which right. they shouldn't. Right. But if you pay them a flat game fee to go, I would be okay with that. But if they're doing, if they're working on their off time, and for you to represent you, then you should have to pay them for that. If they have to follow all these strict guidelines, and again, the New York Times. Uh, is where we're getting this, but apparently, um, they also include personal hygiene tips in the, in the rule book, which I don't think is all that crazy. There's a personal hygiene tips in my rule book to work here. They also show you shaving techniques and the proper use of a tampon, which I would hope any adult woman Yeesh. by the time you could be an NFL cheerleader would know how a tampon works. In some cases, wearing sweatpants is forbidden in public. Now, what I gotta wonder is when. Like when she wakes up Friday morning and she's not going to the stadium, but just going to take her daughter to, you know, to whatever, or to go to the grocery store or to Starbucks or whatever. Like, does she like is yoga pants okay? Or are they saying you can't wear sweatpants, athletic gear, walking from your car to the to the stadium, stadium to the car? Because I I guess that makes a bit more sense. But you're right, you can't tell not to me. You, you can't you can't tell people like you can't wear sweatpants on Thursday. You never see these women ever. Until they're coming back from commercial break, and 90% of the time, there's a beer logo in the center of the screen. So all I can see is their face and then their legs. They normally put a big-ass beer logo right in the center of the midsection. Because let's be honest, the beer's more important than the cheerleader. That's who's paying for the goddamn game to be on. So it's like, it, it, you you never see these women. What would it matter to me if they wore sweatpants from their car to the goddamn stadium? What would it matter to me? Of course, absolutely, 100%. Nothing. I just understand that, like, hey, from the moment you pull onto our property to the moment you leave, you're a representative of the brand. You know what I mean? Like, you, when you're at work, we, this is what we expect you to wear. I can't argue with there, that. That's not wrong. But if I were a cheerleader, I'd be like, so Odell Beckham Jr. can be in a bedroom smoking weed, which right. is against right. the code of conduct policy for the NFL with with some Instagram model. Eh, whatever, it's Odell. But I wear sweatpants from my car into the stadium? Yes, 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 yes. And I think where this all started was that some chick from the Saints or something got suspended because she posted a picture mm-hmm. of her wearing a bathing suit on Instagram. You're right. And when Odell Beckham Jr. is sitting there blowing out lines with models, it's like, ah, no, whatever. Now, can I make the argument Odell Beckham Jr. worth considerably more than some blonde chick named Bailey? You know what I mean? Like Ultimately, yes, and you are right about it, and he is worth more. However, what I would tell the NFL is we are going through an awakening in this country of being tired of celebrity treated differently than common person. We are getting we are upending that in this country. It's it's going slowly, but we are upending it in a way that dude in the 1980s Vince Neil killed somebody by drunk by drinking and driving. Right. Was back behind the wheel of a car a week later. <sighs> Whatever. Didn't Up on stage right then. Who cares? He actually <laughs> says in the Motley Crue like behind the music, he says, "I was the first OJ. I paid for my innocence." That's exactly. I mean, he says it. He admits it. It's like where that would not be true today. Where if a celebrity kills somebody by by driving drunk, you're probably going to jail. We're probably going to throw the book at you. And what I would tell the NFL is, dude, we're upending celebrity in this country left and right. Your league's already got a couple of black eyes over this whole, you can't figure out this anthem protest. You can't figure this stuff out. Like, dude, start holding your athletes accountable for what they do. 
The only people, you know who's going to be mad if you suspend Odell Beckham Jr., even if you suspend him for a year, whatever it is. You know who's going to be mad? New York Giants fans. That's it. That's it. Maybe a 13-year-old kid somewhere else in the country who's got an Odell Beckham Jr. jersey. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I think more Americans are going to be like, you know what? These guys get paid $25 million a year, and they can't stop snorting coke. Like, you can't, you can't stop smoking weed for $25 million a year. I take your point. But then it's going to come to be like, you know, uh, Giants versus Packers on a Sunday night game, and nobody's you know, going to watch it. And then you know who's really going to be pissed is Budweiser. You know what I'm saying? Then it's going to be like, well, what the hell am I spending this money with you for? Why is I, why am I Ford spending my millions and millions of dollars with you? So, like, I, I, I agree with you. Maybe general public would feel that way, but I don't know if advertisers are necessarily going to sign off with that. That is the best argument right there, not to suspend Odell Beckham Jr., it's not your fantasy football team. Right. It's Bud Light. Right. That, that, you are absolutely right about that. It is just a little strange. I don't know why we're, we're so obsessed. It, like, dude, these girls can't wear yoga pants running back and forth. Dude, these athletes come in there in tank tops and like nothing. I mean, right? They dress like bums. I, it, these athletes, they all dress. It's like $2,000 t-shirts, yet there's like holes in it. And it looks like they just ripped it off of like a homeless person. But because they spent a bunch of money on it, it's stylish. I don't know. This seems to me very nitpicky. Again, where it's like those athletes are actually, oh, you know what? I don't know if this is 100% accurate. But they are, I mean, you actually work for the NFL where the cheerleaders do not, right? I think they're independent contractors, essentially. Everybody's an independent contractor. But at that point, that's part of the reason why it's so easy to be like, here's the rules for you yeah, versus here's the rules for other people because you are an independent contractor. So, I mean, that's... If I'm if I'm in the NFL, I'm going to be very very careful like that. As I've been saying, we are upending celebrity in this country and we are starting to hold celebrity accountable for what they do in a way that in my lifetime we never have before. More Sansbury show right around the corner. You guys hang on. The Sansbury show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106 now 69. Welcome back to the Sands Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com and passing out $8,000 coming up at 710. That's when you get your next keyword. We'll also do New Tour Tuesday for you coming up at 9 o'clock. We have New Hood Celebrity. The name of that song is Walking Trophy. We don't know who Hood Celebrity oh, is. I can't wait to find out, though. I'm very interested. Then Rodney Adkins will be your uh, will be your country artist of the week with Caught Up in the Country is the name of that. Okay. And then we have New Seven Dust. And the name of that is Dirty. I'm a big Seven Dust fan. They're good. They're uh, they're a very good band. And actually, I'll I'll, I'll give you a, a little personal story at uh, during New Tour Tuesday about me and uh, some members of Seven Dust and how they made me do something one night I wish I didn't have to do. Well, Stansberry dust right there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Lejean and I hung out one night. Okay. And uh, I'll give you that story. Okay. Coming up at nine o'clock as well. I'm reading this. This must have happened um, either last night or the night before. Where a 32 year old man in Alliance now arrested. Apparently, Fantone, what he did is he went to the Alliance Police Department and he used a 2010 Chevy HHR, which is a lot like a PT Cruiser. That's what those look like. It's like yeah. Chevy's version of the PT Cruiser, right? Okay. And God knows that's what we needed. It was more, more versions more of, of the PT Cruiser. That's what we needed. Okay. He used that car to strike two parked, unoccupied police cruisers in front of the building. Then he attempted to ram a garage door on the northern side of the Alliance Police Department jail. <laughs> Okay. He, of course, then was trapped and then apprehended by officers. And that took place in the alley behind the jail before anyone was injured. He has been charged with possession of methamphetamine, surprise. Ah. 
operating a motor vehicle while impaired on drugs and vandalism. Now, watch now as I try to apply logic to the drug-addled brain. Yeah, just a dude (laughs) snorting and smoking meth all day and stands where he's going to try to explain it to you. I wonder why he did it. Okay, all right. But why on earth? Of all the places to go and do something destructive, why would you think the police department is the place to do it? Yeah, I mean, when you initially hear about, like, drug driving accidents and, oh, my God, they drove into a building, it's like, well, at least there's, you know, you were trying to get something. But, like, you unless, unless you were going there with the intent to harm officers, what were you doing? You're not stealing anything out of there. There's nothing no. of value in there. Like... Well, I mean, I'm sure there's things of value, but there's, right. but, but it's not a place you're going to bring right. in. And, right, right, right. You know what I mean? Also, the, the whole receiving stolen goods, I'm not going to receive the police stolen goods. Right. If you if you drive your car into a pawn shop and load your car, okay, okay. Yes, a lot of okay, stuff in there. Sure. But, like, I don't, I don't know what, what happened here. I, uh, I, I don't get this at all. As a matter of fact, I try to avoid the police station as often as I possibly yeah. can. Except, honestly, like, if I buy something online, somebody's like, well, let's meet in public. I meet at the police station. I agree. People pull guns on you, knives, all kinds of stuff. You're just trying to buy a pair of Air Jordans. Next thing you know, dude, you're dead. So I would meet people in the police station for sure. Like, I'll do that. But I just don't understand what... Well, obviously, methamphetamine. I don't understand methamphetamine. But, I mean, like, you're sitting around smoking meth all day. Like, put yourself in that headspace. Like, all right, now your stands very all meth out. Like, why would you go to... Am I finally skinny? (laughs) Am I I finally skinny? (laughs) You're shot at $1,000. Next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Encarnacion with a high drive. Deep left field. Down the line it goes into the corner. It is a fair ball. It hit off the wall, not the pole. Encarnacion around second on his way to third. Ball still in the warning track. He's being waved home. There will be no throw to the plate. Edwin Encarnacion says yes indeed. You'll see something you've never seen before. That's me with an inside the park home run. How about that? There is nothing better than Hammy's how about that. He loves the how about that. All broadcasters have the thing that they say. Yeah. Like they, they kind of have their, they're called crutch phrases. And actually, our, our management is always honest about not using them too often. I got a ton of them. And uh, Hammy loves how about that. He does. He loves it. I can't wait to talk to Scott about the tribe. Dude, I got caught a little bit of tribe fever myself. Um, I, I'm not the biggest baseball fan. I, I, I like it. Don't get me wrong. But I'm normally first 50 games, last 50 games, kind of in the middle of the season. I'm like, yeah. But dude, I bought. A hundred and seventy-five dollars worth of clothing from GV Artwork, and most of it is Indians related. I bought. They have a. uh, They have a long live the Chief shirt, where it's got Chief Wahoo in like the batter stance, but you don't see him. It's just the outline of him. Uh, So I got that one. I got a. uh, I got an Indians hoodie. When it gets a little uh, colder later in playoff time, I'll be able to wear that down there. And actually, do you know what else I got? You're going to love this. Is I got uh, I got the original Larry Nance shirt from the Cavs. Nice. I got one of those. Nice. And I bought, I don't know, something. It was like a hundred, dude, I spent like $175 with GV artwork the other day, which I couldn't believe I did it. But I was like, eh, whatever. I'm bored on the couch. Let me do this. We'll talk to Scott uh, from WaitingForNextYear.com. Get his take on uh, Edwin and Carcion, and obviously the Browns as well. A lot of rumors going around about them right now. Um, looks like the, uh, Peter King, who's reputable as hell, 
says that the Browns are going to pass on Sam Darnold. They are going to pass on Josh Rosen and that they will take Josh Allen out of Wyoming. I think that this is why you saw Drew Stanton get signed. I think we don't know what's going to happen with Tyrod Taylor after this year, um, but I think everybody considers Josh Allen to be a project, meaning you don't want him on the field this year. You probably don't want him on the field next year. And so I think that that's why they side Tyrod Taylor and then Drew Stanton is because if maybe that these because maybe these rumors are true, they're going to pick up Josh Allen and sit him for two years. I think that regardless of who they pick, they're going to plan on, or I hope at least they plan on benching the guy for a year. So both those picks, I think, are both you know both Taylor and and Stanton make sense to me for any of those picks. If you're going to take Josh Allen and pass on Sam Darnold, then why not draft Saquon Barkley at one? Why not? Josh Allen's going to be there at four. Nobody wants him. He's considered to be the fourth best quarterback in the league. Now they say he's got, or in the draft, sorry. They say he's got the highest upside, whatever the hell that means. Highest ceiling. Dude, nobody has any idea what the hell that means. First of all, high ceiling doesn't mean anything. That's like, that guy's got a high motor. Dude, it doesn't mean anything. The ceilings and floors and all this, dude, I I don't get wrapped up in that because I don't think it means anything. But Josh Allen's going to be there at four. So why the hell are you going to take him at one? If I don't care who I mean, well, I care who it is, but like I don't care who it is from the perspective of like if the Browns are sold on a quarterback, then take him. Then take him at one. That's not a bad I, idea. I, I, I mean, it to me, it's just asinine to think that like, oh, well, we'll wait around for this guy. How many times have you waited around and thought you were going to have something happen and lost? Sure. I mean, well, how many times have you made the pick and lost a million? But if 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 you feel that that's your dude, and I don't necessarily agree with you, but if you feel you know, I I, I fingers crossed the Browns know more about pro football than I do. If that's your guy, then make that pick and live with it, dude. Do go with it. I mean, I, I think that there's some potential there in Josh Allen. His completion percentage in college is abysmal. I mean, abysmal. And they say, scouts say, if you don't throw 60 to 61% in college, completion percentage, that you're not going to be a great pro quarterback. And, you know, people are going to say, well, he wasn't throwing anybody. Well, he wasn't throwing against anybody either, dude. If, if if his offense wasn't good because nobody because the division's not any good, then so what? The defenses were great then? No, the defenses were lousy too. It's Sam Goddamn Darnold. Like it, this is a whole, dude. This draft is honestly like people. We've been talking about this draft like it's so hard. Like oh my god, what do we do? What do we do? What do you mean? What do you do? There's never been an easier draft ever. It's Sam Darnold and Minka Fitzpatrick at four. Duh. You get your quarterback, and you help secure that back end. It is a throw league. So get me a guy who throws the ball at one, and get me a guy who stops the ball from being thrown at four. Duh, how hard is this? The running back position has been devalued for a decade. Now, I know I just said, why not take Saquon Barkley at one if you're going to take Josh Allen? I still think that that does kind of make sense. I think Barkley is a big pile of buyer beware. I do. He's not a 30-down back. It's just not who he is. I I, I think he's going to be a good NFL player, but he's not going to be what everybody thinks he is. I I think you just have to look at it from the perspective of, like, 
everyone's going to have their red flags. There's no question about it. Some dudes are going to be too short. Some dudes are going to be too inaccurate. Some dudes aren't going to be the, you know, the, 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 the protocol of what you're looking for right there. And to me, it just seems like Sam Darnold checks the boxes. He's All tall right enough. Yeah. He's accurate enough. And I don't know if that's enough for me to be like, well, well, that's the indisputable pick right there. Um, but to me, that's what makes sense is like, all right, you know, you've got all these guys with pluses and minuses. It, it's just like when you're picking a character when you're playing like Mario Party or something. Yeah, Luigi can jump higher and Toad might be faster and Donkey Kong might be stronger. But Mario is is is, is four stars out of five in all of those things. So you pick the guy that can go in there and like, do, you know, is a, a, a jack of all, you know, trades right there. I like the analogy. I like it. I figured you would. I know people are upset about what Jim Mora, head coach of UCLA, had to say about his former quarterback, Josh Rosen. Says he's a millennial, he's entitled, and he needs to be challenged intellectually. And everybody thought that that was a knock. Needing to be challenged intellectually is not a knock. As a matter of fact, there is no high, more, there is no higher compliment to pay somebody. Well, the guy has to be challenged intellectually. You know what that means? You know what challenged intellectually means? That needing to be challenged intellectually? You know what that means? It means you're effing smart. That's what it means. It means you're going to get bored with the mundane and the routine. And that you and you know what's super challenging, by the way? Holding every single play in an offensive playbook in your head at all times. Knowing every single variable of said play. That's challenging intellectually. So as a guy who thinks Josh Rosen is honestly a little built to bust, these people who were all over Jim Mora over what he said about Rosen is crazy. He gave the kid a compliment. But of course, we live in the teardown society that we have now, and so everybody just wants to tear Jim Mora down. Telling somebody that they need to be challenged intellectually is a compliment, you idiots. It's actually, it's high praise is what it is. Now, Fantone questions whether or not the Browns know more about putting a football team together than he does, and we're going to find out together today at noon as the Browns are going to debut a new series on Facebook. It's going to be called Building the Browns. Okay. Apparently, this will take Fantone and I and you inside team meetings on the practice field and to players' homes to give them the opportunity to see coaches and players if they've never been seen before, except for on that show, HBO does hard knocks, except for that uh, and every other interview (laughs) you think ever. The first episode will feature second-year tight end David Njoku and his return to his alma mater, this is University of Miami, as he trains for this upcoming season. So, uh, but I guess they're going to focus highly on John Dorsey's hiring in the first episode as well. I, I, I guess I'm not surprised to see the NFL team up with Facebook in this avenue here. I feel like this is a lot like what the WWE did when they were like, all right, Facebook Live, we're embracing it because this is where people are. Um, I am a little bit surprised to see the NFL give product away for free like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, to, to me, there's a little bit of like, why isn't this the beginning of the NFL? Network or like the NFL channel where you pay 10 bucks a month for it, you get every game, you get all these behind the scenes stuff. But that might be this might be a sign of that to come, you know I what was, I mean? I was gonna say, you know what, the NFL I think is probably doing there, Fantone build it, build it, build it, build it, build it. We'll yank it away from you and buy it and charge and, for and, it, and then right. we're gonna end up charging the money for it. Uh, Nate letting us know via Twitter that Josh Allen did, however, score higher than Josh Rosen on the Wonderlick test because everybody's talking about how smart Rosen is, and the Wonderlick test is they say, they say. It's a it's an intelligence test. Although there's guys that have scored a nine, a nine on it, and have been studs in the NFL, studs. 
I think it it's was not the be all end all, dude. It's not that no, it's it, it, it's, it's a thing. It's one thing. It's one thing. I know come Sunday afternoon, what I care about more at a quarter to four in the afternoon, down by three, you're on the 40 yard line. I care about p- completion percentage at that point more than I care about your Wonderlick. The Wonderlick's a part of it for sure. But his completion percentage at Wyoming is abysmal. I mean, it's terrible. His stats are terrible. But I think that they, that Peter King might be right, and I think this is why Drew Stanton got brought here, because th- this might be a two-year plan with Josh Allen. And it's the Browns. So, of course, they're going to pass up on Sam Darnold, who will probably win a Super Bowl by year five. Good Lord. Your shot at $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword BANK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's BANK to 200-200. Rock 1069. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Get his take on what the Browns should do with number one and number four in the upcoming draft. Uh, I know Facebook's telling me, dude, you don't take Sam Darnold because he finally played a good defense in Ohio State and got crushed. Okay. So let's put Saquon Barkley through that filter because this is what the guy said to him. He's like, you don't take you don't take Sam Darnold. You take Saquon Barkley at one. Okay. Well, Saquon Barkley played Ohio State, rushed for 44 yards on 26 carries. That's legitimately abysmal. Legitimately. So the equation then doesn't hold up. Right? If the equation is, oh, if you were bad against Ohio State, you're going to be bad in the pros, then Saquon Barkley is going to be a terrible pro. Terrible pro. 44 yards, 26 carries. I'm pulling that from memory. But that's... I mean, dude, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah, no one data point proves the trend. So, exactly. like, you have to kind of give it a little bit more thought than that. I think the idea of them drafting two quarterbacks just became more alive to me. I said it four or five months ago. I said, why not take a quarterback at one and four? Why not? I mean, have been so bad at this for 20 years. Why not? If you feel like... If you feel like it's like, oh, dude, I don't know, it's between Allen and Darnold, Allen and Darnold, then take uh, both, right? And one of those, and what do you take? One at one, you take your all right. Darnold's the guy, and then Allen's still sitting there at four. How do you not? I mean, you could trade him, even if you said, all right, we're waiting eight weeks. You're trading him this season. One of those two guys this season. Now that's four quarterbacks for the room. I think most teams carry three, so that may be one of the reasons there. But if it's me, if you draft both, you end the quarterback controversy because what do you want to do? Play the rookie. Well, which one? You see what I'm saying? Like, that kind of helps you. I mean, then there's no rule saying you can't have four quarterbacks, right? No, no, no. I mean, you can. No, no, no. You can be deep you in can. any one position. You'll have to nip and tuck from other positions, but you'll probably have an ability yeah. to do that. So we'll talk to Scott about that coming up at 8. I do want to get into this now. One of the biggest things that I saw being passed around the internet yesterday, at first I thought was a complete and utter hoax. And then I realized, no, we have stupid people in the world. A little leftover April Fool's you were yeah. worried about there. Okay. A little worried about it. Okay. But we have stupid people in the world, and stupid people will always, always, always seek out attention. Welcome to the Stansbury Show. Yeah, here we are. Right? But there have been viral videos now that have been posted on social media showing teenagers doing what is called the condom snorting challenge. <laughs> in the videos, teens then take an unwrapped condom. They snort it up one of their nostrils and inhale it and then pull it out of their mouth. Okay. Now, it's been around for years, they say, but it's obviously reemerged because of social media and people looking to garner some attention. That is ill-advised. 
Yeah, yeah. You did that with a noodle at some point, though, didn't you, as a kid? I don't remember. I don't think so. Really? I don't think I was good at these types of things. Okay. I was a sucker for, like, if we're at lunch and everybody's laughing and cheering, I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Like, all right, dude, I'll shove a whole chicken sandwich in my mouth. Fine. I'll put a noodle up my nose and draw it out of my mouth. Fine. I don't care. Everyone's laughing. So I, I know I did this. I don't know if I've ever put anything in my nose and then pulled it out through my mouth. I've never. I don't think I've ever done that. But I have. I've seen. I mean, yes, I've seen buddies do it with yeah, noodles. Yeah. But a, a noodle feels. I mean, dude, a condom's thick. Right. Yes, it's going to hurt considerably more than rubber on the base of that condom. Getting that out is pulling it out of your sinus right there. It's going to be bad news bears. Yes, going to hurt. The thing that I saw yesterday, and people were like. Pfft. Can you believe these idiots? They were eating Tide Pods. Now they're doing this. And I'm like, this is so much less dangerous than the Tide Pod challenge. Oh, God. Both are stupid. But the Tide Pod thing was on a new level of stupid because it could kill you. Well, the hot stove was really dumb, too. At least I'll say about that. And from what I saw, that was only one dude I ever saw do that. But like, at least with that, you're not going to die. Like, yes, it's dumb to burn yourself. Yes, it's dumb to shove a condom up your nose. Yes, there's a million stupid things I did as a teenager. And I was like, oh, dude, oh, that's kind of embarrassing. That's kind of stupid. That was a bad look. But eating a Tide Pod will kill you. Therefore, that is dumber than any of these other things by a mile. Yeah, I, I don't want to jump up and down on the young kids today. I, I, I've been, I, I feel like I've been doing a pretty good job when this kind of stuff comes up of reminding everybody that there's never been a time in this country where young people weren't stupid. Right. Like, there just has never been that time. And that, and, and I will always say this, is that I am forever thankful, forever thankful that I grew up in a time where social media was not a thing. Right. Where, where the peer pressure, because Fantone hit it right on the head, where the peer pressure ended at the table in the lunchroom. That once I got home, no, don't get me wrong, there's peer pressure playing football in the backyard with your friends too. Don't get me wrong. Yes, there's some of that. But there, just this, every stupid thing that I've thought or done being readily available and to be able to be shown in my face would be really annoying. Yeah, thank God those are all on VHS tapes that my mom has up in the attic. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like there, there's a legit because honestly, I, I over the weekend I I went up to my brother's house and one of my nephews was like, "Hey, let's watch this video of my parents' wedding." So it was like 10, 15 years ago, and there were cringeworthy moments for me back then. And I was like 23, and I'm like, "Oh my God, thank God this isn't out there." But it's like imagine that at 14, how many cringeworthy like, "Oh, well, what the hell was I thinking?" And not only that, it's not only the stuff that you put up, or maybe your friend took a video of you. You didn't; th- they didn't think about it. They put it up, or whatever. But now, dude, your parents are videotaping everything that you right. do that's dumb, right. and then posting it online, saying, "Look how stupid my kid is." Like I always, I was just telling the story the other day, and you'll have to excuse this word, okay? Because my dad didn't know we were going to get to a point where you can't use this word anymore. But one of my dad's favorite sentences to me was, Daniel, are you retarded? Like, that was like one of my dad's favorite phrases ever. Like, anytime I did anything really stupid, he's like, Dan, what is the going on with you? Uh, you know what I mean? Where now I think, like, I don't know if my dad's instinct would have been like, let me show everybody how stupid, how stupid my, my kid is. Yeah, I don't think that would have been my father's instinct. I think my father would have been a little embarrassed about the fact that I was doing dumb things. Now, it like, I guess there's a little bit of like, oh, my kid's stupid. He's five. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe he can't figure this out is one thing. But it's another when it's like you're 14, 15, 16 years old there and you're doing dumb things. You're right, man. I, I just thank God that I was on the right side of, of this digital revolution. Oh, it's so where great. It was like, all right, I'm at least in a adult now it is so great like i would be so embarrassed because much like you all right i gave a toast at my brother's wedding right 
right? So there you are. You're the only one speaking. Everybody's paying attention to you. And we just watched it over Christmas, and I was like, oh, dude, I was 22, and I thought that was a good thing to say at a wedding. And I actually had to look at my sister-in-law and be like, I am really sorry. Sorry about that. Like, that was, and again, this is just goes to show you one of those moments where at 22, you think you know everything. At 25, you think you know everything. At 35, you think you know everything. At 40, you get what I'm trying to say here? Every five years, dude, you become a completely, or you should become a different person, a better version of you, and that you'll always look back on your previous things and be like i <laughs> was so 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 very stupid more stansberry show right around the corner you guys hang on the stansberry show rock 1069 1069 I uh I have never met anybody named Sanchito ever in my life. You gotta tell Sanchito though. I don't I don't know I don't know Sanchito. I lived in Southern California and never and dude I met a ton of Jose's. I never met not one Sanchito. Not one. God, I hate that man. <laughs> dude, I'm sorry, I hate that man. I think they're a little bit you know what Sublime is to me though? They are a little bit like they're a little God. What are they called? You used to be one of these people. They're a little juggalo-ish. Okay. In the sense that it's not so much the band that sucks. It's, it's the people. It's the people that like love them that suck. Okay. I understand that. I I feel like a part of the problem with Sublime is too is like don't get me wrong. I don't hate nor do I particularly love them. Um, but they very much were like two and a half men where it's like, all right, Ash, what? or where Charlie Sheen left, and they're like, all right, we're going to bring Ashton Kutcher in. Now that Brad dude died, and they're like, no, we're bringing in this other guy. And it's like, no, nah, you could just right? let Sublime die. You could just let Sublime go. There there doesn't need to be this like, no, you know what? We got to keep him, keep it going. I actually saw them with him, yeah. and he sounds all right. Like, if you like their sound, like he does all the old classics as well as whatever the hell his name was. And right. I, I do them. I didn't get I didn't get Sublime. What was the other one where that girl was dressed up like a goddamn bee in the video? Blind Melon. Yeah. Dude, a Shannon Moon. Oh god, I hated all that stuff. I dude, it was like overnight. My buddies went from Iron Maiden t-shirts and vans, and then the next day they were in Birkenstocks and tie-dyed, and I was just like, oh my what god. Happened? All of my friends are weird. All of them. Just talk to Sanchito. Dude, this is tell him. Like it was so terrible. It was it was a nightmare. Your name's Steve. Why do you want me to call you Sanchito? Sanchito. That doesn't make any sense. Sanchito. I don't get it at all. Don't get it. Uh, I got bad news for a lot of you. As you're just waking up, probably a lot of you. It's a quarter to eight right now. That one of your favorite things to do in the morning might be actually really harmful. Okay. It's not your morning masturbating. I was going to say, geez Louise, dude. You take that zest bar, don't, you do whatever you want. Don't it. talk about Phoenix Marine like that. You can put that bar soap wherever it feels good. But a lot of people wake up and rush right to the coffee pot, right? I need coffee. How many, how many times you see a meme, I don't even, you can't talk until I've had this much or whatever the hell right. it is about why you right. have an excuse on why you can't be a grown-up for the first half of your day, Right. But now that they are saying that roasting coffee, that the coffee roasting itself creates a chemical byproduct called acrylamide, and it's also then a carcinogen. The Council for Education and Research on Toxics, a small nonprofit, took the coffee industry to courts under a California law that requires warnings where chemicals known to cause cancer or birth defects are present, meaning they would like to see a warning label on that tub of coffee that you make. 
Coffee companies led by Starbucks acknowledge the presence of the chemical, but said it's found in trace levels that are harmless. They argue any risks are outweighed by the other health benefits from drinking the coffee. Uh, you know, people will say it'll speed up your metabolism. It's a it's an appetite suppressant. Those types of things. I mean, I buy it. I, I, I definitely think that any time it's just like when you like grill something, people be like, well, you're introducing carcinogens in there. And yeah. All right. Let me ask you this. question. That makes sense. So I've heard this grill thing before, and that's now been they're on one side of that. Right. Where it's like that, that dark matter that comes that yeah. gets on like this outside of your burger, like the charring. Yeah. yeah. Like they've they're on one side of that. Right. That it's bad. I've heard it go both ways, but that was 10 years ago. I don't know where we ended up at. But I remember hearing that, yeah, you're right, that they, the people believe that that's cancer-causing. It, 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 as far as I know, now, obviously I'm not a scientist, but it makes sense when you're, when you're cooking something, when you're burning it, when you're getting that on there. It's just like, essentially at that point, like standing around a fire, you're going to breathe carcinogens in. Smoking a cigarette, you're going to breathe carcinogens in. Yeah. I, 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 can't, I, I, I can't disagree with this. Now, at the end of the day, do I buy into coffee's like, health benefits? No. At the end of the day, I know I'm a drug addict for it. Like I need it. I want it. And to me, it's like... We'll put the warning on there, and I'm going to continue my behavior. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not going to be enough to deter me. I was going to say, in the nation full of people sucking down energy drinks, you right. think people are going to be afraid of coffee because of the roasting process? People shooting heroin into their veins where it's like, I don't know, this coffee's a little too much for us here. <laughs> I, I, mean, I mean, right? And what do you enjoy anymore that doesn't cause cancer? I mean, right. At the end of the day, what doesn't cause cancer? Especially in the... I, I, all right, let's stay away from the cancer thing. But the amount of times that you're being misled via a food label, like a food label, is crazy. Like, so to pretend that like, these labels that are already out there are right. telling us what we need to know and that coffee needs to hold up their end of the this bargain is crazy. I, uh... I mean, I know California has that law because you'll see it on stuff where it's the state of California has determined blah, 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 you know, in, in lab rats or whatever like that. Um, I just don't think that a Surgeon General's warning really is going to. I mean, now listen, is Starbucks going to have a little something in their window and McDonald's going to have a little something in their window that says like, yes. you know, but I, do, I don't think it's going to negatively no. impact the coffee industry at all. That Surgeon General's warning was huge on the side of cigarettes the entire time I smoked. I read it the entire time I smoked. Never stopped. You know what cut smoking in half in this country is when we stopped advertising it left and right. The smoking rates dropped dramatically. Once it got taken off the billboards and the TV commercials, which ultimately, if you ask me, I think is wildly unfair to a business that is technically legal in this country to not allow them to advertise on television. That, to me, I think is honestly, that's egregious. And as Americans, we should be more outraged by that. Now, we like it because we consider smoking to be dirty and gross and we don't want to smell it in restaurants and this and that. But the fact that legal businesses cannot advertise that goes against my american ideal more than anything i've ever seen in my entire life but that did reduce the amount of smoking we stopped advertising and went down but i just like fantone said dude you're a drug addict for this coffee yeah. man you i mean i am it. there's no question about it you like, want it it's just what it's part of your morning it's it's going to be very hard to get people to go away from that and i'm not sure warning labels are going to do it we'll talk to scott from winning for next year.com we'll do so next on rock 106.9 Toby Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Going to hook you up with $1,000 momentarily. Before we do, got to talk to my good buddy Scott from waitingfornextyear.com. My man, how are you this morning? Doing well, guys. Outside of this 
gross rain. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. I, uh, this weather's killing me, you know, as I'm a golfer. I honestly, yeah, the Masters starts this week. I bet you got that built for your <laughs> for, for your sports info. I, I bet you got a ton of Masters info for me, don't you, Scott? No. Yeah, I mean, you, you could you fill me in on everything, and I, I could be the one to ask you the question. <laughs> Well, yeah, I guess I, I guess you could do that. Tiger already came out and said, "Look, I'm just here to win, so that's good." That uh, that tournament will start off Thursday, but let's talk about things that people actually care about, which is the Cleveland Browns. Oh, pro wrestling not on the agenda. No, okay. no, 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 all no, right. No. Now we're talking WrestleMania, baby. No. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. No WrestleManias, not yet. Anyway, we'll see if we got time to get it in at the end because people do care about that more than golf. I will even admit that. I do. I will full on admit that. But Peter King, now one of the most reputable NFL reporters out there journalist out there saying that he's hearing pretty strongly that the Browns are thinking Josh Allen not Sam Darnold do you, are you buying that what do you think's happening here I'm not buying anything um I I think you're going to you I think it was a week or two ago where Chris Morton said it was pretty much Sam Darnold you know with locked at one and then this week it's Josh Allen I would expect next week it to be someone close to the situation like Baker Mayfield I I, I think it, you, when you have the number one pick, you have the ability to float out all kinds of rumors to all kinds of reporters, and uh, and and see if any other teams bite on any of that and try to you know give up something to move up or however you want to do it. Um, you know, Josh Allen, despite you know Brown's Twitter, has, has been in the mix for in this discussion. I know a lot of people aren't sold on the kid because of you know where he went or you know mechanics or what what have you. Um, but you know, I would I would. The more names that could be in the in the in the pick for number one, I mean, it wasn't long ago where was Saquon Barkley. Uh, the the more value that pick has, so no, nothing surprises me between now and and uh, and the draft because it really is silly season when it comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, the Browns are kind of in a, a, a I guess unique situation, you know, at the very least in the sense of they have the number one and the number four, so they have flexibility. And with that flexibility, you're right, is going to come some smoke screen, is yes. going to come some confusion, is going to come, uh, you know, you're it trying should. to get people off off the trail of what you're doing. Um, you know, you, when you sit there with the one and the four, and we sit here and we talk about two quarterbacks that, you know, are, have a lot of rumors running around their name. Uh, I know we've talked about this before, but I, I, I think that the idea has kind of become re-inspired, at least to me. Um, what do you think about taking a quarterback with the number one pick and the number four pick? I, I'd be fine with it uh, because I am a fan of a team that has not had one quarterback for the last 20 years, let alone two. Um, and I, I, you know, I, would, I would be okay with it from a value standpoint. I, I would be shocked if they did it, given you know, the, the players who would also be there at four um, and, you know, if, you know, it's tough to say if, if there's a guy that they would have taken it for from a quarterback standpoint, you would assume he would kind of be in the mix at one as well. So I don't, I don't know how that would work out. It would be a bit of a PR nightmare because I do think they're looking to avoid quarterback controversies. I think you, you, you saw them add Tyrod Taylor and, you know, and veterans to that quarterback room in anticipation of essentially whoever they bring in here at number one will be sitting for the entire year. So to have a second guy and take up four roster spots, um, you know, with, with your quarterbacks, I, I, you know, while, you know, I would say, you know, when it's the most valuable position in football, that's okay. Uh, I, I just can't see them doing that just from a, from a mechanic standpoint. I agree. I don't think that they will do it as we're talking to Scott from winning for next year.com. I don't hate the idea of doing it. And I was telling Fantone actually earlier in the program that what I like about taking a quarterback at one and four is that it ends the quarterback um, like drama 
it, it, or, or the controversy is what they're called. It, it, it kind of ends that because people are going to be like, well, play the rookie. And we could be like, okay, well, which one? Right? And I think that that's, it would kind of end that. Um, but I don't know if that's a good enough reason to do it. Now, if they are thinking Josh Allen, I don't, I'm with you. I think that this is probably Dorsey just looking to see what maybe he can get done. That if, if they are thinking Allen, though, that why not take Barkley at one? Because we know Allen will be there at four. Sam Darnold. Uh, do we, though? Yeah, because Sam Darnold, if you, if you pass up Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen at one, those two quarterbacks are going to go before Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't know if you could guarantee anything, really. I mean, you, the, the, Trubisky wasn't in the mix at two Fair for point. the Bears un, until, until draft night, you Fair know, point. so... You know, I think you know we 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 can we can think things based on you know how we analyze video or how we you know the the, the people we trust when we when we read reports. But I don't know if you can really trust anything. I think if I'm if I'm the Giants, I'm I'm not saying Josh Allen's name at all. You know, hoping he's there, or if, you know, or if you're or if you're the Jets who you know traded up but might not have traded up high enough. You know, you know, you're not saying anybody's name because you don't want anybody to get any ideas about that's the guy you want at three. You know, so I don't know if we could guarantee he'd be there at four. I think you need to take your best quarterback at one and then your best skill position player, whoever that may be, um, at, at number four. I agree with you. And you know what I wasn't thinking of, Scott? And, and actually, you're bringing up some decent points, is that I'm thinking about the teams in the draft order as it sits right now. But if you pass Josh Allen at one and he's still there, maybe a team who has a quarterback but might need one three years from now trades up and says, well, we'll trade up, we'll take Josh Allen and put him as the player in waiting on, you know, on the bench. And that, that may happen. I have been on this since the beginning. I think it's Sam Darnold at one, Mika Fitzpatrick at four. I, my, my theory, Scott, is that it is a throw league. So with the first player of the draft, get me a guy who throws it. And with the second pick you have, get me a guy who helps stop the ball from being thrown. And that to me, now maybe that's simple math. Maybe, it's, maybe I'm making it too easy. But to me, I feel like this draft's easier than everybody else is making it out to be. Yeah, I mean, I would. My only counter would be if you if you take Chubb at four. Okay. Fine. The the idea is not not even let them throw it, right? Okay, I mean, fair. yeah, Fitzpatrick helps you once the ball's in the air, but if you if you can uh, if you if you value that, you know, and you put Garrett and Chubb outside of one another, you're not you're you're not even letting the other team throw the ball. And the idea would be, you know, whoever you have as defensive defensive backfield will be that much better because of it as well. So you kind of increase the value of two spots with that one pick. But no, I agree. I, I would be. I, I know a lot of people are fascinated with with Saquon Barkley, and that's you know they score. He scores points, and points are fun, and that and that, and that makes highlights. But I also think, you know, the the Eagles winning the Super Bowl really, you know, again, I don't want to say flip the script, but make a lot of people realize, you know, they Tom Brady was on the other side of that field for an entire game, right? And uh, and it was and it was a Philadelphia Eagles defense that uh, that came in clutch at the end. So it's you know you need. You need that as well, and I know they say they have a lot of money tied in on some of those defensive linemen. Um, getting rid of uh, Danny Shelton kind of frees some of that up. Um, you know, so I don't want to say writings on the wall, but I, I do agree with you that it would be defense. But I would probably lean Chubb or Fitzpatrick at this point. I want to talk a little NBA with you before I let you go. We're talking to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. As uh, according to Vegas right now, Vegas has the Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors at even money to win the championship. Now, am I just? being uh, guilty of taking you know media bias and this and that kind of stuff and digesting it in where I still think that the Warriors probably still have the edge there? Probably. Um, but, you know, it's they got to get people to buy in. And when you have a 
potentially not 100% Steph Curry. Uh, Clay Thompson still coming off, you know, his issues with the hand. Uh, and then Kevin Durant, one technical away from missing a game. Um, you know, things can get interesting. Now, you know, the good news is sure, you're Golden State. I think you're eyeing up Portland. Um, you know, not, not a pushover by any means, but, uh, you know, a much, much better matchup for them than, say, if San Antonio were to fall there or, or Oklahoma City or something along those lines. So, um, you know, the, the road might be a bit easier for Golden State, but I know I agree. You, you have to give them the edge if 100% healthy, but I think Vegas is discounting, um, you know, the health a little bit. The interesting thing is, and I don't know if you're going this route, but even when the Cavs were in their kind of swoon, for lack of a better term, and Toronto and Boston are ahead of them in the standings. The Cavs still have better odds Vegas-wise from a championship standpoint, which I think is very telling that, you know, the, the, the regular season, while a fun gauge and something to rally around when it comes to playoff time, Vegas is not, uh, has, has seen this movie one too many times to know that it doesn't really matter where the, where the Cavaliers slot in from a playoff standpoint. Yeah, and they're coming together at the right time. No, I mean, they, are. they really are. They really like, are. That's, that's, I think, what you're seeing happen there. I agree, and honestly, given some of the stu- the uncertainty with the Western Conference now with Steph and some of this stuff, it might be ripe, man. It might be ripe for LeBron to kind of take over and win it all. It if, might be. If that happens, good God, dude, good well, God. Well, if that happens, it's the best thing ever. A, we get to celebrate a championship. We love right. that, obviously, right? But if they win the championship this year with the roster being flipped over not once but twice in this season, like – he, then I then I have to retract my previous statements, and he stays forever. Then I think at that point, if they win the title this year, I think he I think he retires a Cavalier. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I you know I would that'd be a, that'd be a, a, obviously the ideal story from a, from a Cavaliers fan standpoint. Um, you know, then there's always the the school of thinking. Well, he did it again. You know, now he doesn't need to, you know try. The, the challenge lies elsewhere. But I. You know, it's it's you, however you want the story to end. You know, not just you, but the general you. Sure. You could figure out a way to kind of make it happen with some mental gymnastics. You know, I just I prefer to just kind of enjoy this as it's going on and wait for July when it happens because I I agree there's there's a there's a chance that this uh, that this story is is still far from over uh, in the way they're playing and the way that Love and and Nance are playing together. Um, you know, things are things are definitely looking up and the the, the way the schedule finishes out for these guys, and they get to you know play the Knicks twice, I think, to end the season. I mean, you can't really ask for a better runway into the postseason. No, that is absolutely true. As we're talking to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. If you're on Twitter, you can follow Scott at WFNYScott, or you can read every single article at waitingfornextyear.com. Scott, my man, uh, I appreciate you moving your schedule around. We'll talk to you again next Monday at 8 a.m. Sounds good, guys. Take care. Have a great week, my man. More Sansbury Show after your shot at $1,000 right now. Rock 106.9. Back to the Sansbury Show, Ron Rock We're also online at WRQK.com. Over the weekend, it turns out Honor Fighting Championships, huge, massive success over at Chaparral's Event Center. I'm hearing uh, about 1,100 people, if not more. Uh, shout out to everybody who was a part of that night, dude. Uh, an absolutely incredible time. Chaparral's Event Center was the place. Um, and honestly, that was the first uh, Honor Fighting Championship that I, event that I had been to, and I'm not gonna miss one. Like, I mean, I'm not MMA, dude. That's not like usually my like form of entertainment. But there was just something like so electric in that building, dude. What did I say on Friday? That you don't need the Patriots, you don't need the Eagles, you don't need LeBron and Steph Curry. You just need a cage and two people willing to punch each other in the face, and it's entertaining. 
And it was, it was, there's so many different kinds of fight. There was like, you know, the lighter dudes who were able to get out there and land a million different punches. And then, Fly, yeah. Right. And then there was the super heavyweights dude. And this one guy, Nick Brashear, 335 pounds of Whoa. monster, dude. Oof. This dude is an absolute monster. Dude, that's big. Um, uh, 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 UFC fighter Jessica Evil Eye made an appearance, you know, supporting local MMA. Did not fight, but she was Did there. not fight. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. She was there and, you know, was, was, was a. I love her. Taking pictures with people was an awesome dude, representative. I'm met her we did a uh, we did a gas station appearance together right for like the beer company or whatever that was like sponsoring her right and i had never met her before that and i left there that day and i tweeted out that every celebrity should have to take a class from jessica evil eye on how to interact with their fans i have never seen anybody more gracious with the people that like them than Jessica Evil Eye in my life. Now, if you're just like half-ass local celebrities like Dan and I, we'll be nice to you because it's like, dude, yes, you, you him. You, I'm awesome. You literally are paying our light bill. But when it comes to like somebody who's fighting in the UFC, she it'd be so you. it'd be so easy to be like, dude, whatever, Stay screw away you me. people. And no, she was absolutely awesome, taking pictures with people, doing all those things. Um, if you guys missed out on the action this past weekend, the good news is April 28th at the Summit County Fairgrounds. Reaching for the summit, oh, uh, I like it. yeah, MMA. It's it's going to be Honor Fighting Championship. It's going to be Midget Championship Wrestling, Ohio Championship Wrestling, and the Buck Naked Band. So uh, April twenty eighth, a, 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 a literal party going down at the Summit County Fairgrounds. If you want tickets, HonorFightingChampionship.com. I like it. I'll probably go to that one. You should. I'll. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll make it happen there, I buddy. Know, I was supposed to go Saturday night, and I bartended instead. And what a mistake that ended up being. Why? What happened? Uh, just you know. Yeah, no. Dude, now they. Yeah, no. All right, fine. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> oh, here it is. <laughs> we implemented socialism at the bar I work. Okay. At. It used to be like if there were four of us behind this bar at the end of the night, we would split our tips between thus four people because we worked this bar, and then that bar over there would split with the people they work with. But we implemented socialism. Meaning now the bars all the way upstairs in the building that probably don't get as much now it's traffic. All of them. Okay. <clears throat> we now sweet we now split tips with every single bartender in the building. Yeah. So it's kind of made it like that used to be the best bar paying job in the world. Like, dude, the Peabody slash the Agora was the best paying bartending job I've ever had in my life. Now it's still still pretty good as far as bartending shifts go. It's just not as good as it was six months ago, and it just it asked it smacked me in the face where it's like, yeah, dude, this is socialism, and it doesn't work because it's making good people who have like there are many people who work there like me with second jobs, and we're all looking at each other like, what are yeah, we doing dude, here? We're probably we're probably done. What like we we're probably here? close to being done. I uh, I know it was the dude from the Black Keys that was performing on yeah, Saturday Darren night. Alibach. Yeah, I, uh, I I I I kind of forgot about this, but I'm Eskimo brothers with him. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. There was this chick I was dating, like, I had to be 15 years ago at this point, and she was like, oh, yeah, hey, there's this guy that's in a band that I know. We should go see him sometime. And it ended up, she he was the dude from the Black Keys, and she, like, was sleeping with him, like, directly after, I, like, we kind of, like, parted ways there. And I was like, oh, well, look at that. Interesting. Yeah, so. I've got Blake Shelton. you got Dan Howard. <laughs> there, there it is right there. Our Ds have been in some questionable <laughs> places. We don't know where to put these things. Speaking of which. That actually will help us get in this. Okay. You hear men say this a lot. I don't know how to make her happy, dude. Nothing I do will make her happy. So somebody has figured out things you can do to make your partner happy. All right. And one of them is leave her notes. 
This woman says, my husband and I have been married for five years and dated for six years before that. Doing the math, that's 11. You would think that our relationship would get boring by now, but he reminds me he loves me by writing love notes and putting them in my lunch bag every single day. Um, I don't know if you have to do it every single day, but anything handwritten means something to people. That's true. It's just the truth that's of it. That's true. You do it every day, it probably loses some of its luster, but like writing something down is going to mean something to her. I absolutely would agree with that. I uh, Every day seems like a little excessive. She says she makes her lunch the night before, so he sneaks out of bed and then puts it in there every night before he goes to sleep. That's a little excessive, but yes, a handwritten note would go along long way and not like yo buy more tide bitch like right. you know what i mean like right right like write her write her write her in a real note kelly then says you know making me laugh is more is more important than most things she said i've been with my boyfriend a couple of years i still get a good laugh from the video he sends me of himself via snapchat he's not even trying to make me laugh i just love him so much that i crack up out of adoration okay well that's not really advice on how to keep you happy then you're just easily you're just easily pleased. Yeah, and I mean, I, I, it's not necessarily a new revelation of like, oh, women like it when you make them laugh right there. <laughs> like, oh, didn't even know about that. No, being able to make a woman laugh is a huge, huge leg up. I, I re- will routinely hear from women all the time. You know, every guy thinks they're funny. It's refreshing to talk to a guy who's actually legitimately able to make me laugh. I was going to say, and that needs to be noted, too, that like, you think you're funny, but you're probably not. So, like, careful with how you're you're taking swings at this. If you are in charge where you work and everybody laughs at what you say, don't then extrapolate that out to meaning that oh. women are going to find you to be, you know, to be funny. Sorry, I, um, I've been. My attention has been diverted. Okay. Dude, you're wearing a shirt I own. Okay. Like, you, we do this a lot. Like, I didn't wear it today, but I'm just, like, looking over there. Like, did he sneak into my goddamn closet and yank that out of there? I don't know how this happened, but at this point, Stansberry and I, have, we're starting to morph into one person or something like that, dude. We're, like, uh, we both have, like, comparable wardrobes, and I come in wearing this today, and Stansberry's like, what? Why are you wearing my clothes? And I'm it's like, been, I'm not wearing it. It's been clothes. messing with me all day. <laughs> Sorry. Another way to keep your partner happy, they say, is making out with her. This woman says that she's been married 10 years. Okay. And every night their bedtime ritual is just to make out a little bit like they're teenagers. We've done this on nights where we're incredibly tired and we know we're not going to have sex. We could even be mad at one another. And it's just the best. It's a good reminder of how amazing our relationship is. And I would admit that now as an adult, sometimes when you just kind of like make out, and that's as far as it's going. It feels exciting. But you're getting back into that. If you do it every night, it's going to lose its luster. I agree. It, it, yes. I, I, what I will say about that is like having a sexual experience with each other, but not necessarily sex. having sex is there is something very bonding over. That. It builds that excitement. Yep. There's a, a, another one of these ways to keep your partner happy. They say is listen to her. The, this woman says, when something is bothering me, my boyfriend never fails to give me his full attention. He puts his cell phone down and actively listens to me speak. This shows me how much he cares about me. Now, right now, guys are in their car or at their place of work going, I listen all the time, no, but don't. she never said, no. No, you don't. What happens is, is this, and I guarantee you, your wife or girlfriend is going to hear me say this and go, that's exactly what happens, is what happens is she starts to tell you what's wrong, and then you interrupt and tell her how to fix it. 
She doesn't want you to fix it, bro. Women don't want you to fix everything. Just let them get it out. Have you never seen White Man Can't Jump? Have you never heard Rosie Perez tell you about the glass of water? I'm thirsty. You know what I mean? Like They made that perfectly crystal clear. And honestly, that's one of those things I can look back at in my life and say that that movie did make me understand women better of like empathize with my thirst instead of getting me a glass of water. Don't have to. You don't have to fix it. Right. Just understand that I go through struggles as well. Another one of these here is giving them personal space. My boyfriend and I just started living together after a year of dating. It's hard to go from living alone to living with another person, this woman says. Yes, I I would agree. She says, when I just need some space, I never have to ask for it. He always senses it and goes for a walk. Okay, well, ladies, now I got to sit you down, okay? If you... You married that dumb idiot. You know he's a dumb idiot. So you know he's not going to pick up on this, right? So then just plainly, for once in your godforsaken lives, just tell us what you need and what you want. Just once, please. Yes, yes. And, once. And, and, and do that. Do it once. Do it three times. Do it five times. But eventually, guys, pick up on what your wife's laying down. Because okay. that's that's a good, uh, yes, it's a good point. But also, uh, so frequently, men are just like oblivious to like very obvious signs of like, yes, dude, give her yeah, some space I right would agree. Now. I would agree with that. And again, when you sense something is wrong with your girlfriend you or wife, what do you do? Well, this is obviously my fault, so I better start going into apology mode and make up for it right now. And then you end up doing the opposite of what you should do is that you start cramping that space. But ladies, you're I'm sick of this. You're a Rubik's Cube and we got to figure out how to get all the colors to line up perfectly. You're a grown person. Use your words. Tell me what you want. You're like a child with finger painting. Now I hope he figures it out. And meanwhile, you're never going to figure it out because I'm going to move the goalpost five minutes from now and then everything's your fault. And now you're stuck going to my mother's like that. The whole thing's a mess. Use your words. Now, that being said, guys, when they use their words, Effing listen. Turn down Sports Center. Listen to what they have to say. Work on it, and you'll fight less. More Stansbury show right around the corner. Hang on. Dan Stansbury and his boy Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansbury Show. Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're also online at WRQK.com. It can be every... Um, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> we can be heard everywhere via iHeartRadio. Don't mess that up, dude. They no, care about that, that one. one. Not that one. That's an important one. Also, if you have a smart speaker, just say, Alexa, play Rock 106.9. That's how you can hear us. Or also, Google, play Rock 106.9 if you happen to have the Google Assistant, which I think is the one you have, right? That is the one that I have. Google we are actually right um, we are submitting Stansbury Show verbiage okay. to Alexa okay. and to Google. I have not heard if we have been signed off on that, but very soon it will just be like, Alexa, play the Stansbury Show, and it will pull us up. Okay. So we'll be getting that very, very soon. All right, I got a story here out of the Canton repository. CantonRep.com is where I got it in their entertainment section where a local Canton man, 27-year-old, has done something that is on my bucket list. All right. This is something I would like to get done before I die. What does this dude do? And this 27-year-old out of Canton has done it. What do you do, Pink Jane James? What happened here? No, tell, no, no, tell, no. tell me what happened. What no, are you talking about? I wouldn't tell that story. I would just beat this dude up. <laughs> Ethan Amarine, I hope I'm saying that last night right, of Canton is now happy to be home. And that's because the 27-year-old Fantone completed the 2,200-mile Appalachian Trail hike. He started in September. He started in Georgia and, and hiked his way north all the way to Maine and has just recently returned home to Canton, Ohio. 
So listen to this. Started March 17th, 2017. Right. Finished September the 7th. Says, I hiked through 14 states in just under six months, 175 days. I started in Georgia and went north. This guy hiked on average 15 to 20 miles a day. He wore out five pairs of shoes in six months hiking the Appalachian Trail. Dude, I want to do this so bad. Now, is this, I mean, like, does this, so this trail obviously goes from Georgia to Maine. Like, he didn't have to, like, go find another trail. He no, didn't have to, could, this is just straight shot. You stay on this path and you end up in Maine. I think there's a little bit of, oh, uh, maybe cross that ravine right there real quick okay. and then the trail picks up. But yeah, okay. uh, for, I mean, people do this routinely. Okay. So I think that it's actually, you're able to do it. I know, like, if you go to, like, certain, like, vacation spots, there's stretches of it you can do. Okay. So it's not just like this dude started walking north and found his way to Maine. Okay, this is like you you get on this path and it takes you up there. Okay. So Ethan had been working as a youth pastor here in the area. He says his dad's a pastor, so is his brother. He grew up in that world, but said, I just needed a change. And that's what led me to hike the Appalachian Trail. Now, he had been affiliated with a church in Wisconsin when he decided to quit that job. He said, I came back home, moved in with my parents, and I felt kind of blah. And I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So his best friend Rob just kind of suggested it and said, dude, if you've always wanted to do that, then do it. He says, we were going to go on a section hike along the trail, but didn't. He has hiked sections of that trail, but his family cannot do the entire trail at one time. He says, shortly after that get-together with him, I decided I'm going to go and do this whole damn thing. He says, it was in 2016. I spent that year, year, getting in shape. He lost 70 pounds, started running, sold a bunch of his things, and prepared himself for the challenge. He had never backpacked or exercised in any way before trying to get in shape that, that year. He says, now, to a lot of people, taking a half of year of your life sounds crazy. Yeah. He says, it's also a lot less glamorous than you can imagine. But he says, I could not imagine not doing it now. I don't imagine it being glamorous at all. Like, maybe the interview after you get done, but, like, no, I don't see that as being, like, a... Well, yeah, walking 20 miles a day doesn't sound glamorous, but I think that they're... Uh, glamorous probably isn't the right word, but I understand... You know what it is? Is that I bet this is probably comes off less romantic than people okay. will, will hear it okay. in, in, in their head, right? Okay. He says, what I didn't realize... Now, he said, I went, and, I went to go find solitude in the woods, and that he got. He says, but what I didn't realize is I was going to get a whole new perspective on everybody and humanity, he says. What I learned was that the spirit of the trail are the people, the trail hikers, those that live in trail towns. Those are the towns along the trail who, again, will just let people stay there, either let you stay in their home or even feed you out of generosity. And he said there would be trail gaps and people would be out with coolers offering hikers a cold drink and others that are just there grilling hot dogs for you. It says, when you are carrying everything in your backpack, you get a new perspective on what matters. I want to do this really, really bad. Much like I have always thought backpacking through Europe sounds really awesome. Uh, the thing with this is, like, you really do have to be in a special place to be able to do this. And I'm not trying to say that, like, 
you know, this guy's, what do I want to say, his six months didn't matter there, but most people don't have the availability to do this. Most people don't have a job that allows them this this luxury. And if, like, this guy didn't live at home with his family, and, like, now he decided to do that, and if this guy, I think being, you know, a, a, a member of the clergy or whatever, I think that you can take six months off of that. A sabbatical. And it's, and it's okay where if, like, dude, if you went and you talked to Chubbs right now and you're like, Chubbs, listen, man, I want to take six months off of the Stansberry Show to go walk around in the woods, he's going to be like, you know what? You can take all the Stansberry Show take off six your years. Right. You're gone, idiot. Go live in the woods. Yeah. Um, by the way, if we draft Bradley Chubb, <laughs> I will be getting my boss a Chubb jersey. That is happening. I've decided. But that. he's not. He, I'm telling you right now. He won't get it. If, if, if you said to him, if you said to him, even if I want to take you know, I mean, given we have our vacation time and we can use that however we see fit. But if you said, "Hey, I'm stepping away from, I'm stepping away from it for a, for a limited time," dude, there's no way he's okay with this. The mental company, health break, company's bro. Company's not. Company's mental not health okay break. Do you can't wait? Are you are are you telling me they're not going to take my, my affliction seriously? Are they going to shame said of said affliction? Not if not if they listen to the podcast. <laughs> they're going to be like, "No, that's where you just said no." <laughs> you cannot shame my affliction. <laughs> Can't shame me. I'm allowed to do this. There's things, like I said, backpacking through Europe sounds awesome. Hiking the Appalachian Trail. Like, honestly, this is one of those things where if we were to be fired tomorrow and I was literally in the what the hell am I going to do with my life, I might do that to start to gain some perspective on what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. Like, that legitimately might be something I do to help kickstart that kind of activity. Here's what I can tell you. What's that? 15 to 20 miles a day is a ton. Oh, yeah, dude. Exhausting. On, on on average, like I'll go to the gym today. It'll be probably four miles on the elliptical, probably another three on the bike. So that's seven miles plus some like working out, some lifting and probably some swimming too. So you're talking about seven miles and that at the end of that, I'm like, oh my God. So another 13 miles on top of that, whew, dude, 20 miles a day hiking is quite, quite the feat. We do have some Warped Tour tickets. That show's July 18th at Blossom. Let's get you guys hooked up. We'll, we'll take uh, caller number 20 right now at 1-800-243-7625 on those Warped Tour tickets, and we'll hook you up with $1,000 right before starting New Tour Tuesday next on Rock 106. Vertical Horizon's part of that, too, but Tonic is one of my favorite bands ever. I love, love that band. I, uh, I cannot wait to go to that show. Hard Rock, man, they've just been, dude, they've been doing it right. They do a good job, dude. They dude, do. No question. booking agent has been on it. I mean, dude, the shows lately there have been really, really good. They just have been on it. Um, I want to thank Adrian, who wrote in and says, Sansbury, you should hike the Appalachian Trail. I did multiple sections of it. Um, she said, if you actually check her Twitter like background photo, the photo was taken of there, and it does. It looks beautiful there. A lot of mountains, obviously, and that whole thing. It looks awesome. She says she did about 7 to 10 miles a day. Um, and so that it wasn't necessarily, she's like, you don't have to do 15 or 20, but she did not do the whole thing, but she did about 150 miles of it, which even that would be great. Just sounds so awesome. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, the thing, if you decide like, Hey, I'm going to take a vacation and go do this, take a week and do like a part of it. That's different than six months. I would agree. Yeah. Six months. I think it'd be like, dude, I bit off more than I could chew here. Like, dude, I'm the kind of guy that feels like a popsicle is like a commitment where it's like, dude, all the way down to the stick now, but you can, but yeah, so six months may be a little far for me, but uh, yeah, maybe a week and you know, maybe a week, 150 miles, something like that actually sounds good. Actually, I want to bike, um, the great, is it the white rim trail in Utah? Actually, I want to bike that first. That's that is 150 miles. I want to do that first. 
and then the Appalachian Trail from there. Let's start New Tour Tuesday. We have a uh, we're going to start with like your top forty slash rap type artist of the week. We have never heard of this person no. or this group of people. We don't mm. even know. Um, they're called or he is or she is. Maybe Who we knows? don't even know. Hood Celebrity is the name of the artist, and Walking Trophy is the name of the song. I'm playing with you. The Rihanna sound alike. Yeah, it would say featuring Rihanna. I am not a fan of the island sound. The reggaeton? Or nah, I'm not a fan of it. Uh, do Pitbull can go up himself too? Like that whole thing. Like I just, you know, I don't, yeah, I'm not down. Only time steel drums ever sounded good was the was what the um it was like the remix of Jane's Addictions Jane says dude if you're on the beach smoking a spliff drinking a booze smoothie yeah dude steel drums whatever yes. whatever if I'm on the like, cruise fine but if I'm on the bar patio here no. <laughs> Never understand what they're saying in these songs either. But the but the bing I'm like, what? what? I don't know what you're saying. Yeah, I always feel like, am I going to be called racist if I don't say? <laughs> like, I don't, what I don't what is this? I don't happening. know what this is. I, I don't know what she's saying right now. You said pitbull, I think so. Jeez, is this all like there's no rapper like I thought when the song started and the guy was like I ain't playing with you yeah. and then she came in and sung the hook I was like all right well I'm getting that guy back here in a minute maybe I don't, I don't think so Like, I have no idea what that woman just said. Zero clue, and I'm trying to figure it out. The only thing I heard was Dem Girls, DEM, Dem Girls. I mean, this song needs a rapper. Like, there's two more minutes in this. Good God. Two chains. Where is he? Go get him. You're right. He, they could use this. I thought this was going to be funny because Hood Celebrity, I was like, all right, right well. I figured Hood Celebrity walking trophy, he's going to talk about a girl's ass looking nice and Right, jeans. right. Apple bottoms and all that thing. Right, boots th- with the fur, all that stuff. I thought right. I was getting it all. There's no fur to be had. Like your pretty, pretty grandma is what she's talking about? No. I don't know. I'm lost. See, what am I supposed to say to people who say to me, it's easy now to make songs? Because all you have to do is go, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, they're not wrong when you hear stuff like this. Yes. I mean, yes, but it was probably easy to make songs, you know, 50 years ago. Like, there was some crap back then, too. Yeah, I mean, Queen wasn't the greatest. Walking trophy. 
Well, I I don't think that this song is a very good message for young women in America today. I mean, remember, we had to take the trophy wife shirt out of Target because, I mean, God forbid, women are more than just trophies. It's like the old joke about throwing silverware down the steps to name your kids. Like, that's what it sounds like. You know where we should have known? What's that? When an artist was called Hood Celebrity and we didn't hear about it. Yeah, we should have known. <laughs> like that's what that's when we should have known right there. Well, there you go. There I mean, that, that's Hood Celebrity Jeez. walking trophy fans. Don't give me the vote there, buddy. It's a turn. On a lot of different levels right there. Like I said from the jump, uh, the reggaeton, not exactly my style Hate of it. music. Um, but it really was a disappointment because I was under the impression, like, dude, we're going to find this new ghetto-ass rapper and we're going to love this dude. He's going to have all these dope beats. And, like, no, we just got a Rihanna ripoff, so I'm going to call it a turd. Yeah, that song was terrible. That was bad. That is a turd of a song. It's a turd. We have brand new Rodney Atkins and also new Seven Dust for you after you get hooked up with this $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword money to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's money to 200-200. Rock. 106. He does have a cool voice. I don't know who this guy is or what um, he's done, but that's a cool sounding voice. You would know Take a Back Road. Okay. Was like, I, I need a little gravel in my travel. That one. Like, <laughs> you know what? I don't necessarily remember that, that one, one, but uh, all right. Dude, Take a Back Road was like okay. a big hit um, for him. That, that was like a smash hit, like a crossover hit. Gravel in the travel. Okay. And then he had another song about um, his son learning everything from him and how his son swears at a traffic light when his, when his dad like slams on the and he realizes, oh my kid, oh, it's, like, I think it's called watching you okay. where his kid is like learning everything from and he realizes it. So I got to stop swearing and I got to start praying at night so my son can learn it from me and like that kind of stuff. And uh, those big, two songs were big hits. If you're going through hell, that's the, that's the oh, one, yeah, right? That, that's... No, well, I think Take a Back Row is actually a bigger okay. hit, but there's three. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, Rodney Atkins is like the real deal. I feel like he's hyping up that draw a little bit more than you hear in other songs. Like, I think he's like laying that on thick right there. Yeah, that's probably a balancing act for any country artist where it's like you have to sound authentic, but at the same time, you don't want it to come out sounding fake. In certain songs, it might be better to like ramp it up and this and that. Um, It's got to be so cool to have that baritone, that deep ass, like, man, country music voice, dude. Like, it's sweet. Square bells, flat beds, clothesline sunsets, sky blue barn red. Wind chimes front porch, good dogs, wood floors, work boots, open doors. And miles and miles of John Deere Green, freedom far as I can see. Them fields of gold and cotton rolls that never end in sky. That take it slow, easy road, man, that's life. Caught up in the country. Wow. Just look at them stars.
See that right there? He, dude, he's he's kind of dipping into the Jake Owen territory a little bit there. Like if you know Jake, dude, this is put together very much like a like a Jake Owen song. Is this like the club remix or something like that? Like, I'm like, dong, 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 dong. Good lord, dude! I'm telling you right now, I guarantee you, country producers have been in the studio saying, "Dude, beats per minute is huge right now. This is what people want. Give me the up tempo." Stars. I bet that's true. Just doing their thing. Just doing it. Yeah, just doing their thing. If it's ain't here, it's halfway there. You can feel it in the air Caught up in the country The only way I wanna be Yeah, you know how sometimes like a song will be a crossover but it's slow so they need that club remix mm-hmm. like to get it going To speed it up And like, I, I think like uh, Body Maybe. body Like a Backroad had one yeah. of those and it's just like, that. it seems unnecessary right now Well, I think what they did is just skip the middleman Right, and just and, went right to instead it Instead of remix it, just release it like that Them fields of gold and cotton rolls that never end in sky. And take it slow, easy road, man, it's life. Caught up in the country. Caught up in the country. Didn't need any of this. Wow, it's a lot going on. Didn't need any of that. See that right there. If you're gonna do that with the with the, the clapping, like that needs to be slower. And it needs to be the chorus. It needs to be two and a half minutes ago. Introduce that as yes. like the part of the song to bring that in in the last forty five seconds. What are you doing? Right. Like get me get me doing that. Both. Yes, you're right. In the chorus, get me doing that. Fields of gold and cotton rolls of never ending sky. Take it slow, easy road, man. It's life. Miles and miles of John Deere green. Freedom far as I can see. The road to run and run to breathe. It's true. I am and I'll always be. Who was that at the end? Who was singing at the end there? What the that, hell was that yeah, going on? It got a little convoluted at the end of that. That's Rodney Atkins caught up in the country fans. Don't give me the vote there, buddy. It's a turd. Um, I liked his voice, and I, I think that like Rodney Atkins sounds cool, but that song, dude, just there, there was too much going on. There was too much, I don't know, dis- departure from like a traditional country song to me. I'm going to call it a turd. I, am, uh, I will no longer ever, ever, ever vote a song a turd for being too busy. And I'll give you a perfect example as to why. I once missed a massive, massive hit because I thought it was too busy. And it was Drake's The Best I Ever Had. His first song. I missed Drake by a mile. I remember it was me and Casper both. 
and Java Joel was telling us both, which by the way, the dude Java knows his music. Java told us both, you guys are crazy. This song's going to be a massive hit. So I will never go to the, if that's my only knock on it, is it's too busy, I will never vote a turd because Drake bit me in the ass on that. So honestly, I think because Rod, because I know how kind of radio works, they will rely on artists who have supplied hits for them before. They will wrap their arms around Rodney Atkins, caught up in the country, will end up being not a turd. Not a turd! Yay. We have the new Seven Dust for you. That song's called Dirty. It's next on Rock 106. And we have the new Seven Dust. The song's called Dirty, and I'll give you a little personal Seven Dust story after we're done playing this. I normally like this band a lot. They're good. Got a lot of their tracks on my gym workout mix. Pretty all right. Angel Sun was great. Praise was great. They're good. You know, Lejean, those of you that don't know, Seven Dust has a black lead singer. And um, I, he'd be somebody I would really, really want to spend some real time with. Not like, hey, yeah, Seven Dust has got a new record out. He'll do five minutes of an interview with you. But he, much like, um, I forget the guy's actual name, but Hootie. Uh, God, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Darius Rucker. Darius Rucker. There you go. I bet that those two dudes have a very unique um, look and vision into what racism in this country is actually like. Both those guys are on tour constantly inside music forms that traditionally do not have African-American members of bands or even audience members so much that I wonder how many times they've heard a roadie or a security guard or guys in other bands who just like forget and think like, oh, there's right. nobody back here. I'll say whatever I want. I bet those two guys have a very interesting view into the racism in this country. This is New 7 Dust Dirty. I like the sound right out of the gate. He had a very underrated voice. I agree. Like, I think he was a really good singer out of that era of, like, you know, I mean, they were in the rap rock era, maybe on the tail end of it, but still kind of got lumped into that and, like, like a legit good singer. I was going to say, he came out of the growling era, and he can actually sing.
treated like a gimmick because again they had a black lead singer so people were like all right well how long is this gonna last and the amount of bands that came out in that era that flamed out and they're still around says something about their talent wow there you go there's new seven dust songs called dirty on new tour tuesday fans don't give me the vote um, I had relatively low expectations of Seven Dust, and a part of that was because I really liked the band and I didn't want it to suck. So I was like, nah, dude, just it's gonna suck. It's not gonna be that good. You know, like lower, you know, lower expectations, and you should be a little happier. But like that was a Seven Dust fastball. That's exactly what I expected. A, a you know, out, out of them, and like I'm calling it not a turd. I liked it. I don't think it's gonna be a huge successful song for them, but I enjoyed it. So I'm gonna vote it not a turd for that reason. Not a turd. New Tour Tuesday brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino. So, so this one I was bartending downtown Cleveland. I right. was uh, working at McCarthy's downtown, which is on, on the west bank of the flats. And Seven Dust had been in town. They were playing a show. And the way McCarthy's worked, uh, uh, at least then when I worked there, was you didn't really have a closing time. Like whenever like the business just kind of died out, you'd look around and be like, all right, we're probably we're done. done. Last call. And then we'd wrap it up, right? So, like, I had already wrapped it up, kicked everybody out of the bar, locked the door, wiping the bar down. And that, and if you've ever been in McCarthy's in downtown Cleveland, that building is cavernous. It's huge. And so if you're in the back end of the bar cleaning something, you might not know somebody's at the front door. So next thing I know, I walk out from the bathroom, and there's pounding on the front door. And I walk up, and I just see this black guy standing there with dreads hanging down. And I'm like, dude, we're closed. And then I take another look out that door, and I'm like, wait a minute. And I was like, Lejean? And he was like, yeah, man, let us in. And I was like, oh, okay, I mean, I guess. And I, like, unlocked the door, opened the bar back up for Seven Dust and, like, their road crew. And those dudes stood in there and got hammered for, like, three hours they kept me there. And then tipped me massively because I did it. They were like, hey, thanks, man. We just wanted to, like, wind down after the show. Sometimes you just don't want to be, you know, cooped up on the bus. We appreciate it. And then next thing I know, we end up locking the bar up, and they do. They took me to the bus, and then things got wild there. Like things went off the rails on on the Seven Dust bus. But man, we had a ton of fun. Those guys were a lot of fun, super cool, and like I said, tipped great. Understood that they, you know, had got some special treatment that nobody else would have gotten, and then paid me, you know, uh, accordingly for it. Seven Dust was actually a really, really, really good time. Before we get out of here, gotta let you know. Coming up, uh, what is it? The twenty eighth Phantom, the Summit. Is happening. Reaching the summits. It is all brought to you by Honor Fighting Championship. If you guys were there this past weekend, dude, thank you guys so much for being a part of Operation Shockwave. Huge success. Uh, a thousand people filed their way into the Chaparral's Event Center. And uh, the 28th of April, man, dude, this is going to be a show to be remembered. First and foremost, of course, Honor Fighting Championship going to be doing their thing. Ohio Championship Wrestling, Midget Championship Wrestling. And the Buck Naked Band, dude. So uh, tickets are available, and I'm telling you right now, dude, with a lineup like that, I have a feeling that's going to sell out. We'll see what happens. But HonorFightingChampionship.com, you can get your tickets right now. This is only rumored on Twitter, yeah. but apparently the Buck Naked Band is going to be throwing midgets from the stage. <laughs> and right. You get to keep one. <laughs> That's the end of the Sandsbury Show. Teresa will get you hooked up with $1,000 coming up at 1010 this morning. Aside from that, we are done. We will be back live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great afternoon. See you.